Good morning, Center Church. Awesome to be here with you. We've been really busy over the last couple weeks uh, working toward nailing down a new facility, uh, which we've got a couple of prospects out there. And so I just want to give a shout out to our advisory team for their help in that. I'm hoping to have some more information for you here just in the next week or two. Uh, Pray for us. Pray for our church family and the right door to open up as we proceed into that. Uh, A lot of exciting stuff happening in that regard. Uh, Listen, I want to offer you this one encouragement, kind of a sticky phrase, something you can really hang on to, and that is this. By practicing gratitude, we're training ourselves to see God's blessings. Practice gratitude. There's a deficit, a massive deficit of gratitude in our culture today. And what happens when we don't practice gratitude is that we become negative. We become critical. We focus on what we don't have. We focus on what others do have. And we generally just become mean-spirited. I want to encourage you to practice gratitude because as you practice gratitude, it will shift your focus naturally to the blessings and the good things that you have in your life, the ways that you can feed yourself, to feed your soul. So practice gratitude because it will train you to see God's blessings. This week, we're in Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 1, this is what it says. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Follow God's example. Uh, The most word-for-word translation of that phrase, follow God's example, from uh, the original language into English is, imitate God. Follow God's example or imitate God. That's a pretty bold command, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we can't imitate everything that God does. Uh, He certainly has power and rights and authority and transcendence, things that we we just don't have. But the best way I know to imitate God is to look into the Bible, which is his self disclosure, to look at what it says about who he is what it says about you, what it says about the world. And then on the basis of what you find when you look into the Bible, go out and act accordingly. Act and live in congruence with what you find about God in the Bible. And that's exactly what we're endeavoring to do as we study through Ephesians. It says, imitate God. Imitate God in everything you do. Why? Because you are his dearly loved child. You, you probably know that. Jesus loves me, this I know. Um, but sometimes that reality can slip into abstraction. You are God's dearly loved child. A reality that we've, we're going to have to get deep in our hearts if we're going to know God and we're going to walk with Him and experience the blessed life that He has for us. We're going to have to really internalize the reality that I am His dearly loved child. His thoughts for me, his actions toward me, they flow from the fact that I am his dearly loved child. In Christ, you are his dearly loved child. And this becomes immediately important in the very next verse. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow God's example by walking in the way of love. This is how we follow his example, by showing God's love to the world around us. 
To follow God's example is to be loving. What does John 3.16 say? It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. To follow God's example is to demonstrate his love that he has freely given us toward others. Now, if I'm just keeping it real, I know that there are some people in your life who are easy to love, and then there are other people who are not nearly as easy to love. It takes a lot more effort. Uh, we, all, we all know who those people are. They push our buttons. They drive us nuts. Maybe they're just weird. I'm not even going to make an example of who any of those people might be in my life because this is obviously going on the internet. That could come back to bite me. But there's certain people that you, when you're around them, you just think to yourself, in the words of Tim Hawkins, even Jesus doesn't want to take that wheel. There's people that do that to you. Now, uh, if there's not, it's either because you have fully adopted the character of Christ and you are 100% loving uh, and good on you if that's you. The other possibility is that you might be the guy. So uh, let's hope for neither of those. But all of us can understand that. All of us can understand that some people are just not that easy to love. And the reality that I think we all have to be honest with ourselves about is that sometimes I'm not that easy to love. Sometimes, I don't want to burst your bubble, but sometimes you're probably not that easy to love. When we look around at the people around us who, who aren't always 100% easy to love, uh, we can think of this command to love them in a couple of different ways. One, we can think, I have to follow God's instructions to imitate him. Therefore, I'm going to do my very best to be loving. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, the mere fact that God has instructed us is a good reason to do it, for sure. But we could take it a step farther, and it can become something much more life-giving and meaningful to both us and the people that we're loving. We can realize that God has freely given me love and grace in abundance in the form of His Son. So that now, because He's given me the love that I need, I can actually make a withdrawal from that love and show it toward others. I can spend some of my grace capital, if you will, because there's an unlimited supply of it. You know, one of the key things that we learned back in Ephesians 2 is that we are, by our very nature, at odds with God. We're, by nature, offensive to God. We have a sinful nature. By our very nature, we are unrighteous. We're not perfect, we're not holy, we're not like God in that way. But because of his overwhelming love for us, God has given us freely the righteousness of Christ. We don't give love and grace because we have to in order to be obedient. We give love and grace because God has freely supplied us with love and grace so that we can give it away. Does that make sense? I don't have to dig down deep into my own reservoir. I can actually give away the love that God has supplied me to be able to give away. So here's the big idea. Walk in love because Christ has loved you. Walk in love just as God loved you by sending his son. Walk in love just the way Christ loved you. And there's a clue in verse 2 that tells us where to begin with that. How did Jesus love us? The answer is by giving himself up for us. 
Love begins with selflessness, by sacrificing for others, by observing, being aware, identifying, and responding to the needs of others. Now, this is the opposite of our nature. It's certainly the opposite of our culture. We are, by our nature, inwardly focused. Selflessness and generosity and grace for other people's shortcomings, these things, they don't come naturally. So if you've ever found yourself struggling to be gracious towards others, you're normal. But these are the things. They are exactly what we have been given. Generosity, grace for other people, shortcomings, love. These are the exact things that we've been given in abundance by God so that we'll have more than what we need to be able to give it away. Now lastly, let me ask you a question that is really implicit anytime we talk about God's grace. If you've been freely given the righteousness of Christ, if God has freely forgiven you through no action of your own, then, then really what's, what's the point of walking in obedience to God's instructions? Like why bother? If, if grace is just free and I don't have to do anything for it, then, then why bother walking in obedience? Well, Jesus actually gave a very succinct answer to that question in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. He said, let your light shine before others. In other words, walk in the ways that I've instructed you. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why did God make humans in the first place? The reason is so that we would be an outcropping, a demonstration of His glory. Your goal, your highest purpose in life is to recognize the grace you've received and turn it into praise and glory for God. This is why we exist in the first place, to glorify the one who has given you eternal life, the creator and redeemer of all things, to glorify God. This is why obedience matters, and truthfully, it's the only way that we can fulfill our God-given purpose on the earth. It won't make you more reconciled to God. Jesus already paid the bill for that. Obedience really will make your life into a testimony of the goodness of God. And as you honor him by following his example, he will continue to shower his love and his goodness upon you. Walk in love just as Christ loved you. I love you guys. Be sure and tune in to the weekly update. We put those up every Tuesday. I hope you have an awesome week. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Blessings.